Repodcasting is part of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. Have you ever watched a movie and wondered why they cast that woman or that guy? Well, here's our chance to give it a try. We're repodcasting. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Repodcasting. I'm Lucia. And I'm Janet. Janet, how are you doing today? I'm great. Merry Christmas, Lucia. Merry Christmas. <laughs> well, it will be in like 24 days. Exactly. So we decided to go with something that is holiday themed for mm-hmm. this month. But before we start talking about that, I just want to say that this is my last episode with repodcasting i'm passing the baton on to lucia and hopefully someone who doesn't sound like a kardashian when they talk (laughs) because everyone knows even though it's completely unsaid everyone knows that that's what i sound like when i speak and it's not intentional by any means but I am constantly being told that I sound like a Kardashian when I talk. And I even hear it myself. I'm fascinated. Really? No, I hear it myself when I listen to the podcast sometimes. So, you know, rest assured, anyone who's listening, it is not intentional. This is my actual voice. It's because I live in Toronto and I've lived here for too long. It's an affectation that like seeped into my DNA. Okay. Well, uh, so yeah, I'm sad, obviously, about this news. But I did also want to mention that this is our fifth anniversary episode. Oh, is it? Five years. I mean, it's pretty good run. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I think I'm just going to be retiring from watching movies. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I'm just going to spend the next year, like, not watching any movies and... Uh, The podcast (laughs) broke you. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm going to have, like... Well, I actually won't have time. I just, you know, that's the thing. Like, life has... Life starts to get really busy. Mm -hmm. And it just feels like it's time to sort of step back so that I have a bit of personal time to myself, I guess. Yeah, that's totally fair. Um, The podcast will continue for anybody listening. uh, And we'll just have like a rotating list of co hosts that'll join me each month. But let's get into our movie for this month. Janet, you are going out with a bang. (laughs) Yes, I decided to pick like something that was fun, like pure escapism for my last episode and definitely I wanted to leave you with a lasting impression Lucia (laughs) yeah well done (laughs) you did it (laughs) so uh, I don't know if we've mentioned the title yet so we are recasting this month the 2021 Netflix movie A Castle for Christmas wow I did not even know this existed and thank you for bringing it into my life yeah, this was a this movie was a big deal last year when they released it. Like it was one of the like one of their top five movies. Oh, I wow. believe. Yeah, it was like I had enough people 
in my orbit that were like telling me about this movie and talking about it, which is why I watched it. And I have since watched it three times. Ooh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I didn't realize, I'm starting to realize um, just how big a deal the Netflix Christmas universe is. It's massive. Mm -hmm. And really, they've taken the cue from those Hallmark Christmas movies that have become like so lucrative and they have become like this entity unto themselves that you know they're so big there's so much money there that like everyone else just finally caught on and I feel like (laughs) there's more and more of these Netflix Christmas movies every year yeah they're pure escapism Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Yeah. There's one that just came out that I haven't watched yet, but I'm looking forward to it. It's apparently Lindsay Lohan's big return. Yeah, it actually, I believe it premiered today. And as soon as we finish, uh, like, (laughs) talking about actually, no, we're getting ahead of ourselves or (laughs) (laughs) it's amazing. The timeline is like all messed up in my brain right now. But the second I'm, we hit pause or stop, yeah. Janet's going to run and watch it. <laughs> but I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to watching it. For, for sure. sure. Excellent. Um, okay, well, getting into A Castle for Christmas, there's no box office numbers as it is a Netflix movie. They don't reveal that kind of information, which I still think is a little weird and suspect. But anyway, (laughs) just as a synopsis. Also, just for anybody who hasn't seen it, I suggest pausing and going to watch it. Like it's, it's frivolous, it's easy to watch, it it goes down real smooth, and it's not very long. It does. And you know what, that's the thing, it actually is fun. Yeah. Admit it. Oh, I admit it. You had fun watching this. That's the thing. Like I I don't walk away from a movie like this going, what a good movie, but it was very easy to watch and I didn't have a bad time. Yeah, and that's what they're that's what they're supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. Um but so the synopsis of this is to escape a scandal, a best-selling author journeys to Scotland where she falls in love with a castle and faces off with the grumpy duke who owns it. So, for anybody who doesn't know, that author is Brooke Shields and the Grumpy Duke is Carrie Elwes. So, like, to me, this is, I don't know, like, that automatically elevates it from Hallmark Christmas movies and even Netflix Christmas movies. Yeah, it does. I will say this. I mean, for the purposes of this podcast, we recast both the leads. However... I do think that Carrie Ellis, I actually thought that he was quite good as the Duke. I enjoyed him as the Duke and I thought that he nailed it. So really, my biggest problem was with Brooke Shields. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I agree. To be honest, like I'm such a big fan of his that... You know, I was going to love what he did no matter what, but he was really good in it. As somebody who saw The Princess Bride when she was seven or eight years old, he's one of my earliest celebrity crushes. Right. Yeah. And I think I don't think you're alone in that either. Like, I think for a lot of people, like, especially maybe in your age group, like, there's definitely that sense of nostalgia. Like, he was maybe, you know, like someone's first crush, right? I think he looks great. I didn't realize, I mean, you know, I I don't want to sound ageist, 
uh, I didn't realize he was 60 years old already. Not that 60 is old. Uh It's not by any means. But I don't know. It's weird how sometimes people stay frozen in time for us, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you don't watch Stranger Things, right? No, I do not. Okay. Because he's the mayor in that in like the last couple of seasons, I want to say. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I really haven't kept up with his career. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it was only for the purpose of this episode that I actually deep dived into his career. And I mean, he has been steadily working, definitely, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I just felt that his pairing with Brooke Shields felt off balance. I agree. Yeah, I do agree with that. For you and for anyone listening, I would highly suggest listening to his memoir. Uh, He reads the audiobook as well as like a few other people. Um, A lot of it is centered around the making of Princess Bride. Like that's what I forget what I think it's called As You Wish, which is his famous line in the movie. But yeah, it's a delightful read. But yeah, so I I agree with you. I think Brooke Shields is a good one to replace. Honestly, I'm totally fine with replacing Carrie Elwes as well, only because he is British and the character is Scottish. So I'm okay with replacing him. (laughs) But before we do that, let's take our first ad break. This episode of Repodcasting is brought to you by Park Power, your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta. Offering internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose who to buy your internet, electricity, and natural gas from. Park Power has low overhead, which in turn allows them to offer low competitive rates. Reach out for a no-obligations comparison by emailing estimates at parkpower.ca. If you decide to switch, it's easy. It's really just a change to your billing, and you can feel good knowing you are helping to give back to our communities with your utilities bills. Learn more at parkpower.ca. And now back to the show. Okay, uh, Jenna, as this was your pick, and as it's your last episode, I think the only, you know, proper thing to do is to let you go first. Okay, sounds good. So Brooke Shields, I don't know about you, Lucia, but Brooke Shields, to me, looked really out of place in this movie. What do you mean by looked out of place? In the sense that she, I don't know, it almost seems like I feel like I should be seeing her in a Lifetime movie. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Which she has done. I'm sure. She has done. She has done Lifetime films. Uh, I don't know. I was surprised that she was in a Netflix movie. It almost seemed too prestige for her. Ouch. Based on, (laughs) well, I don't know. I mean, she hasn't really done, (laughs) she hasn't really, I don't know. She's not someone who... I don't know. I don't, when I think of film, I don't think of Brooke Shields. Yeah, she's probably still kind of like, in my mind, like riding the clout of having been a big star in the 80s. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I was just surprised to see her in this. And also, again, it seemed unbalanced Mm -hmm. with her and Carrie Elwes. Like, he's, I don't know. I think, I mean, watching them on screen, you definitely see, like, the imbalance. You know what I mean? Like, he's just, he's definitely more talented than she is. Yeah, he's he's doing the heavy lifting. He's doing the heavy lifting. And at times, it was just kind of like, you could see that 
she just wasn't meeting him on his level. Okay. You know, I really didn't enjoy her in this. I really felt that this was actually perfect, uh, a perfect role to recast. Okay. Because I thought to myself, you know, with a different actor, I think, I mean, the movie, it's enjoyable. It's like you said, it's, it's really, it goes down smooth. It's really easy to watch. But I just thought that, you know, maybe if we had someone who was a little more skilled in terms of their acting, um, I think it would have just been, it would have just been that much better. There were times where I was watching her and like she was so awkward, you know, <laughs> she tried to do the comedy, but it just fell really flat for me. Okay. And it was just like there was this awkwardness about her, like there's this try hard that she was doing. Um, and it was like, no, she's out of she, she just felt like out of her depth. Okay. You know what I mean? With this role. Yeah. So I've actually went with someone who I've seen do um, a few romantic comedies. Now I've seen her in a few uh, romantic comedies and I really enjoyed her because I think even when the romantic comedy stinks, she always manages to elevate it because she's just good. She has good comedic timing and she just brings like this, this freshness to all the roles that I've seen her in. So it's uh, an actress by the name of Paula Patton. And I feel like a lot of people might not know who she is. Mm -hmm. She was in the romantic comedy jumping the broom never heard of that <laughs> okay you should watch it because it's actually really fun okay. i would recommend it jumping the broom and she also did another one called baggage claim uh i think tay diggs is in that one oh. actually i think she might be in jumping the broom as well okay. i can't remember but like, I loved her in both of these movies. She was also in one of the Mission Impossible movies, okay. Ghost Protocol, opposite Tom Cruise. Repodcasting favorite. Yes. And she's done a lot of other film. She's done television as well. For anyone who doesn't recognize, I once you Google her, you'll recognize her. Absolutely. She, yeah, she looks familiar. Yeah, I really, she's so good in the romantic comedies that I've seen her in. She just has like this really fresh way about her. And as I said, she has really good comedic timing. And it's a shame that she doesn't seem to work more. Like that was the thing. I thought this was like a really good role. And it was, I don't know, I felt kind of like it was a shame that it was given to Brooke Shields, right? But also Brooke Shields was an, an executive producer uh -huh. on this right so yeah mystery solved but I, yeah so i uh i would have liked to have seen paula Patton in the sophie role okay and then the carrie ellis role who is what's his name the duke miles miles that's it miles so listen i went with like a big name here which he never would have gotten he never never would have done this movie but i went it's my last episode, so I went with Gerard Butler. Yes! I was, that's so funny, because when you're like, I went with a big name, I was going to say, oh, I thought you would have gone with Gerard Butler. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I did. I went with Gerard Butler, because I was like, you know what? They needed, he's Scottish, right? <laughs> and 
Listen, he has done romantic Oh, comedies. yeah. I don't know how great he's been in them. Right? The <laughs> We've recast Peter. him in a romantic exactly. comedy. Yeah, in The Bounty Hunter. He did that movie, P.S. I Love You, oh, with yes. Hillary Swank, which, like, is, I don't know, people seem to love that movie. I know. Like, I know a lot of people really love that movie. I would consider that a rom-com myself, but most yeah, people don't. Is. I know. I would consider it a rom-com as well. And then, um, so he has done romantic comedy, and... I don't know. I just could have seen him in this role. Like, you know, he would have been funny. I think he would have brought like the laughs to it. And I would have liked to have seen him opposite Paula Patton as well. So, I mean, it's a perfect way to go out. We love Gerard (laughs) Butler here. Yeah. And quite frankly, he crossed my mind too. Um, And I could picture him in the first half or maybe two thirds of the movie where, you know, he's crabby and doesn't like want to deal with this person and whatever. Yes. The reason I didn't choose him is because I don't see him bringing the same nuance that Carrie Elwes does. Well, exactly. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, I don't think Carrie Elwes needs to be recast right. in this role. Like, I honestly don't. Mm-hmm. I actually think that he's, I think he's perfect yeah. in the role. He really is. And even his Scottish accent, it's not that bad. I agree. It really isn't. Like, it's not the worst I've ever heard. That's for sure. <laughs> Jerry Butts was <laughs> not his dialect coach. No, no, that would that probably goes to Hayden Christensen, oh. who um, was supposed to be doing a Scottish accent. Oh, that's right. <laughs> in uh, in the movie that we covered for October. <laughs> that's right. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. OK, well, um, I like those choices. And now I have uh, to watch some Paula Patton stuff for sure. Oh, she's, she's fine. Yeah, she's good. that's great. Um, OK, so for me, I also like how can I put this? Brooke Shields didn't bother me in the movie. I also didn't think she was doing anything special or interesting. Um, And sorry, before I actually get into the recasting, I just have to say it was so jarring to me that there was this whole Drew Barrymore show thing happening (laughs) in the movie. Are they friends? Like it felt like they had this weird chemistry or something. I don't know. I'm guessing that they must be friends in real life, yeah. and that's why she did that, yeah. Because, yeah, even just Drew Barrymore, like, I know that she's doing, like, a talk sh- a daytime talk show now, and so one could argue that that is a downward trajectory for her career, Um, you know, having been a huge film star and tons of films and, like, having a production company and directing and everything like that. You know, there are people, I think, who would maybe look at a daytime talk show host gig as lesser than. Right. But that being said, like she's still a massive star and can choose to do whatever she wants. So it was weird to me to see her in this that she chose to or agreed to or whatever. Yeah, they must be friends. I think so, too. But anyway, so I'm actually going to start with my Miles recasting because that was the one that came to me really quickly. Because, yeah, when I first uh, realized that the Miles character was Scottish, my first thought was, why Carrie Elwes when he's not Scottish, as well as most of the townspeople are also British actors, not Scottish. I, I don't know if it has to do with where they filmed or what. I thought it was strange choices. But like you said, I, I also thought his accent was good. So, you know, it didn't bother me. I didn't feel like he was miscast or anything like that. But I still wanted to cast a Scottish actor. And my fa- one of my favorite actors is Scottish, and that is Alan Cumming. 
<laughs> right. Um, yeah. I'm such a huge fan of his. And what I love about him is he has such a varied career. He's done so much Shakespeare on film, on the stage. He's done musicals. He's in Spice World. He's done like, you know, Buddy, the the chimp movie with Renee Russo. So, you know, he does high art. He does low art. He does it all. And so I could absolutely picture him in this. He has such a fun sense about him in real life that, you know, obviously... Like, he would take a role like this. To him, I don't think this would be, like, beneath him or anything like that. Right. And he's just a good actor. So I could absolutely picture him as a grumpy duke um, who then you find out the reasons why he's doing it. And you go on this journey and you understand where he's coming from. And then, you know, you see him fall in love. <laughs> yeah. So starting with him, then I was trying to think of people. Because I had, like, quite a few people who I wanted to cast in the Sophie role, the Brooke Shields role. And so I ended up narrowing it down to people who I thought would have chemistry with Alan Cumming. Um, so my first choice was Juliana Margulies from ER, from The Good Wife. She was on Snakes on a Plane. I didn't know she was in that. <laughs> right. But anyway, she uh, – I, I like her. I think she's a good actor. She hasn't done much in the movie realm, obviously. She's mostly a TV actor. But I do feel like a Netflix Christmas movie – can be either. You don't need a film actor necessarily. Yeah. And I do like her. I think she's a good actor. And I do know that they have chemistry. Like they're good friends. I've seen them, you know, interact. They're both in The Good Wife and The Good, I think The Good Fight. Oh. I haven't watched it. I feel like Juliana Margulies must no. have been in it somewhat. She's oh, not she's not. That. Okay. Anyway, they were both in The Good Wife. <laughs> yes. So anyway, so I, I could definitely see them acting opposite one another and having a really fun chemistry. And then my second choice, I've never seen her with Alan Cumming, but she popped into my head and I started looking into her filmography and realized that she's perfect for this. And that is Vivica A. Fox. Oh, right. <laughs> so I was astounded at her filmography. Most people would probably know her from Independence Day, Set It Off, Kill Bill. She's Loretta on Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> but she has done... Since 2010, <laughs> like so only in the last 12 years, she has done 16 Christmas movies. Oh, yeah. Yes. And that's not to talk of her 50 TV movies. It's just it's so impressive. This woman works. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so while I've never seen any of her Christmas movies, I'm sure she could handle this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's yeah, she does. She does a lot of those Christmas movies. Mm -hmm. She yeah. has three coming out this year. Yeah. I've seen her in a few of them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I, I always have a good time with Vivica Fox on screen. So I definitely feel like she could do this role and, and do it well. And I would actually really like to see the pairing of her and Ellen coming. I'd love to see what they would do together. Yeah, that would be interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think those are all good choices, right? I just really, yeah, I really didn't like Brooke Shields mm -hmm. at all. Like, I thought she was like the worst part of the, the movie. She was pretty dull. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a shame. So... I don't know. <laughs> You've probably seen the Princess Switch, maybe. Oh, you, sh you, I yes, you bet I have. Okay, so <laughs> this film is in the Princess Switch cinematic uh, universe. So there's two characters, Frank DeLuca and Mrs. Donatelli, who show up for yes, five seconds. That's right. 
Yeah, those are they're Easter eggs. Exactly. And so it's so funny because one review I was reading, like I only knew that because I had seen that they were in this. And so when the woman said uh, she was checking into the ho- the inn and she said her name was Donatelli. So I was like, oh, they're there. That's the Easter egg. But it was really funny because I was reading a review from someone who clearly doesn't know that universe. And they were like, there was this weird storyline where these two people come in and they seem so important to the story and they're only there for 10 seconds and you never see them again. So yeah, that's really apparently only for the fans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There were a lot of like funny things that I noticed, I guess, because I watched it more than once. Right. Okay. Cause the yeah. first time I didn't really notice much, but then watching it like a second and a third time, Like there were just like little curiosities, right? That I just thought were like little observations Mm -hmm. that I made. Like that his his manservant Thomas (laughs) servant is that what he's called in the movie? I don't know his brother. Like what is that guy? Right? I don't know. Manservant fits. Thomas is like his manservice or his his valet or I don't know. He seems to do everything in the house. Yeah, that's true. Did you notice this, Lucia? Thomas wore a kilt throughout the entire movie oh yeah (laughs) it's christmas and he wears a kilt start to finish (laughs) yeah like he you never see this guy with anything else on other than a kilt Mm -hmm. and so i was like why is thomas always wearing the kilt oh yeah because they're in scotland i don't know i just thought that was kind of like it was a patronizing sort of stereotype of course right yeah like, I just thought that was silly, but it was just like little things mm-hmm. um, like the knitters, that group of knitters yeah. that, you know, like she first encounters when when Sophie arrives there. Like, why did these people have so much leisure time? That's what I was thinking. They have jobs like Maisie is the owner of the inn, but she has all this time to sit around and knit and like, oh, yeah, like hang out all day. Yeah. And then same thing with the girl who is the baker. Yes. Like she owns her own bakery or whatever. Like when does she have time to bake? Because she's always sitting around knitting with these people. Yeah. Who who is running that bakery is what I want to know. (laughs) And so and then the other thing that I thought was so like another little curiosity about the storyline was why were these people all so hyped? to have Sophie do their hair. I know. <laughs> right? Like suddenly she's also she's a, a an author slash hairstylist. Yeah. And like they're all so excited to have her do their hair. And meanwhile, they have no idea like if she's but they're like, "Yeah, sure, you can do my hair." Like she's a virtual stranger. Yeah. And they all they all entrust her to like doing their hair i was like this is so weird meanwhile like like they these are people who have gotten haircuts in their lives there must be a regular hairstylist in the town yeah like it was just it was little things that you were kind of like these are weird sort of like these are weird sort of things that are happening here in this movie in this storyline like why I don't understand yeah and sorry to harp on the hairdressing thing but like what was so weird about that too is she says oh yeah I can do it I grew up over a hair salon or a barbershop what like 
I grew up next door to a church. I'm not going to say mass. <laughs> like, it doesn't yeah. make any sense. Well, but she learned through, she learned like. Through osmosis. Through osmo- <laughs> osmosis. Yeah. No, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and also what I love yeah. too is when she's in the castle um, near the end and then the Thomas is taking a tour group through. And they're all like distracted because this tiny little Scottish town are all obsessed with this rom-com writer, romantic writer, uh, Sophie, whatever. And so she's like, don't worry, Thomas, I'll give the tour. Like, that's what this man does for a living. You've been on a tour once. Now you can just give the tour? Well, once again, it was through osmosis, obviously, that she absorbed all this knowledge about the castle. It's just, you know, it's little things like that. And I get that, you know, it's escapism, so you're not supposed to analyze it. But see, that's where my brain goes. Like, this is why, as much as I enjoy watching these movies, it's like there's that part of my brain that starts to, like, be really hyper observant about these little things. And then I'm like, but why? Like, why did they do that? Right? Oh, yeah. It's always best not to ask why with these kinds of movies, probably. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You just have to let it wash over you. (laughs) Yes. This is a silly thing, but it was something that stood out to me. It was so weird. When they hugged at one point, Brooke Shields sniffed Carrie Elwes. Yes, I know. I noticed that too. And it was like, why is she smelling his ear? She's a creep. Like, I don't understand. Yeah, I noticed that as well. And I thought that was a bit weird. But again, that was where I felt like there was like this awkwardness about her performance. Mm -hmm. Like it was little things like that, that it was just like, I'm not buying her in this role. Like she's just really awkward. She comes across as very awkward and like like you can see that she's acting that's what yeah. it is you know you can you're watching her and it's like yeah i can see that she's acting mm-hmm. like absolutely and i have to say like i did i did find it hard to buy these two people falling in love like i just i don't know they didn't and and maybe it's their chemistry or maybe it's the writing but i just didn't buy it you felt that there was like no chemistry between them? Not really. Or? Not. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was mediocre, I think. Mm-hmm. That wasn't one of the things that bothered me the most in terms of like the performance. But yeah, it was just that whole like, she's so awkward and you can tell she's acting. Yeah. And it was like, no, it was like they couldn't find someone better. But again, <laughs> if she was. She was executive producing, so obviously, like, this was going to be a vehicle for her, right? Exactly, yeah. And then the last thing that I noticed that, like, kind of bugged me was, so the character of Sophie, she says her father was starting to etch his name in the door of the one of the castle doors. So he etched MCGU for McGinty and then got interrupted. So she says that he did that 60 years ago. She's nearly 60 years old. So he was yeah. like, what, in his 20s when he was there defacing the castle? Yeah, but again, like it's details like that that you're not supposed to question or yeah. even pay attention to, I right? Know. You're just supposed to let it all just wash over <laughs> you. Just like, 
enjoy, but it's little things like that. One thing I did really enjoy was the fact that uh, it was this movie was directed by a female director, Mary Lambert, who I don't know if you noticed, Lucia, but she's directed a lot of uh, music videos, a lot of big names. Yes, she's worked with Madonna a lot. Yeah, she worked with Madonna. She did her uh, Borderline, Like a Prayer, like she's done a lot of the go-go's like she had her cv was like just a list of all these big names yeah, so i was, was like cool. wow that's pretty cool i thought that was fun mm -hmm. okay so you know with this being a one-year-old movie and a netflix movie there really wasn't like a ton of trivia or anything like that on it uh, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on before we move on no, I mean, I did read a few reviews. I was curious to see like what people had to say about it. Mind you, most of actually all of the reviews that I read were written by females. Same. I mean, you know what? I would have liked to have read a review from a male perspective as well. I mean, yeah, yeah I think that would have been sort of interesting. But anyway, I found that most of the reviews were, you know, kind of, just mirrored what we're saying that you know like it's it's corny it's cheesy it's really light you know it's just it's the sort of thing that you know it's escapism and there was actually one review that I read by uh, she's a, a Scottish writer and she said that if you're Scottish, like there's even more things that we would be picking apart because she pointed out like all these different things about, you know, the location and the, oh, what, what is it called? It's not like the coat of arms. I don't know what it's oh, called. Oh, the tartan like, or? The, tar the tartan. Yeah, exactly. The tartan was just a, a like a regular person's tartan. Like, let's say you don't uh. have like any like aristocratic, I guess roots then you would just have like a regular tartan for your family and that was the tartan that they used for this character who is supposedly a duke who would have had his own tartan yeah. like again like that's something that obviously if you're scottish like you will know that like that's very specific mm -hmm. i found so i found her review interesting from that perspective yeah we had a scottish perspective on it mm -hmm. so that was interesting yeah you know we've also this kind of came up in leap year as well which was set in ireland i just feel like if you want to make a movie and you know perhaps you want to go travel and you're like "Ooh, let's set the movie in italy so i can go spend time in italy filming it that's fine but maybe you know have an Italian look over your script just to catch yeah. those kinds of things. <laughs> but they don't bother, I guess, I because they, I guess there's that sort of idea that people are not, people are just going to sit down and enjoy this. They're not necessarily going to like overanalyze it and question a lot of these, these inaccurate details. Right. So yeah. I will say the, I mean, the setting, that's the major for a lot of these movies as well is like these beautiful filming locations right mm -hmm. I mean they're gorgeous these movies are are visually gorgeous right yeah and for me that's definitely like part of the appeal I think is you know it's like you get the the scenery like is just so beautiful right mm -hmm. 
Yeah. One thing I really appreciated about the movie is that they really get to it right away. Like she is on a plane to Scotland at minute four. (sighs) Yes. That's what I enjoyed as well. It's like there was no like dragging it out. It was like, let's get this story started. Yes. Yeah, let's have that like a uh, public breakdown right away and get her out of there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. that's great. Um okay, well, let's take our second break. Oh, sorry, first um the ratings for this movie. So, there were only 4 critic ratings on IMDb, but that had a 53% and then on Rotten Tomatoes, 74% from 23 reviewers. But what's really interesting on Rotten Tomatoes is that the audience score was 38%. Oh, no. (laughs) So I don't know. Is it like – because I thought it was interesting that you said you wanted to read a review from a male reviewer. And like, you know, the male – like we were just talking about this in our most recent episode that all the reviews we had read for The Way Back were male reviewers. Exactly. And so they do tend to be like a little bit more on the film bro side. So I wonder if like Rotten Tomatoes audience users are film bros, because I do feel like that's who'd be giving this a 30%. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just would have liked to have read a couple of reviews from the male perspective. Yeah. But I guess it shouldn't matter. I mean, I don't know. But it, I like, I would just, Just I I mean, I don't. Yeah, exactly. Like, that was one of my criticisms for when we talked about The Way Back was that the reviews were all written by men. And I would have liked to have seen some reviews written by women. And, you know, it goes goes both ways. Like, for this particular film, I would have really enjoyed to have read some reviews from the male perspective. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's always just good to have, like, a variety of people reviewing films. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Exactly. That's what I think, too. Yeah. Okay, well, let's take our second break, and then we'll come back for our final segment. This episode of Repodcasting is brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Alberta Blue Cross understands that running a small business is tough, and they understand that business owners in Alberta are busy. Let Alberta Blue Cross give you peace of mind with a group benefit plan. They offer health, dental, life, and disability coverage for your employees. Alberta Blue Cross group benefit plans are easy to manage anywhere, anytime, and on any device, making it easy for you and your employees to access. To learn more and explore your options, head to ab.bluecross.ca. And now back to the show. Okay, so we are back and it is time for our final segment. Uh Uh-oh. Unbelievable. I tested this beforehand. It always happens. Someone's getting fired. Hold me close, young Tony Danza. Well, Janet, that was just for you. What would you have felt like if I didn't screw up that segment? <laughs> oh, no. Um, it's time for Hold Me Close, Young Tony Danza, the segment where we cast Tony Danza into one of the roles in this movie. And this was an easy one for me. How about you? Oh, really? Well, it was. I mean, I cast him as Thomas. Okay. The manservant. (laughs) You just want to see him in a kilt. Yes. That was the number one reason that I cast Tony in that role. (laughs) 
no, that wasn't why. But I felt like Thomas was sort of, first of all, Thomas was definitely comedic. Uh, he was definitely comedic relief, I think. Mm -hmm. And so I thought Tony would be perfect in that role right. because he's got like his comedy background. And also Thomas is sort of like, he, you know, keeps everything going, mm -hmm. right? He's instrumental in keeping the Duke's life running smoothly. And like, that's Tony all the way, yeah. right? I mean, you can picture Tony in that role as like the ultimate project manager, right? Someone who completely has everything under control. I was like, yeah, this role is like, this is Tony. Nice. for sure. Yeah, I, I get that. That totally makes sense. For me, I felt like it had been too long since I cast Tony in the lead role. So I cast him as Miles. Okay. Yeah, I want to see Tony, like, fall in love and be a duke. And what I love about that character, too, is that when you first see him, you don't know he's a duke. He is, like... I don't remember, like, scraping a plaque or something. Like, he's doing labor around the castle. And so you kind of assume he is, like, the groundskeeper or something like that. Um, and so I also just feel like, you know, Tony Danza was a housekeeper in Who's the Boss? He could be a groundskeeper at this castle. And then you find out he's actually a duke. I just love right. it. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, I usually cast Tony in the lead role. So... I wanted to, like, do something different yeah. this time around. Fair. <laughs> Excellent. Well, he'd be perfect in either of those roles, I think. Agree. Okay, so that about does it for A Castle for Christmas. Next month, I will be recasting Sleepless in Seattle with our special guest Fonda from the Alberta Podcast Network. So please watch Sleepless in Seattle. And um, it's play it's streaming somewhere. I'll mention it at the end of the episode. I don't remember where at the moment. Um, but yeah, watch it and recast along with us. And you can send us your comments, your own casting choices, your own movie suggestions to repodcasting at gmail.com or on any of the social media stuff like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitter, probably not for much longer um, at repodcasting. <laughs> so Janet, thank you so much. Uh, yeah. This has been such a wonderful five-year journey. It was so cool to start a podcast with oh, you, nice. and I've had such a blast. Yes, and I will still be listening, Lucia, so <laughs> please please keep me entertained. Okay, I'll do my best. And I hope you will come back after, you know, when you, you've had a nice long break to maybe do a couple of guest episodes. After, like, a two-year hiatus of movie watching, okay. I will return I'll give you that break. That's amazing that you're not going to watch movies for two years. I, I am a little worried that the podcast broke you. <laughs> uh, well, listen, I've got a lot of prestige TV to catch up on. Uh, okay. Fair. So. Well, thank you so much, Janet, for joining me. And yeah. we'll, we'll see each other. Well, you and I will see each other lots. But dear listener, see you next month. Yeah. Bye. Bye.